Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it's my pleasure to welcome my guest, Jonathan Lim. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, no, I was uh, really excited to do it. Yeah, I mean, okay, so for some backstory for people, um, it's really crazy, I feel like. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. (laughs) So like Jonathan and I, we went to church together at a church called Hanin like over 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Over 10 years ago. Yeah. And so you were in high school, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, just I mean, we lost touch. Obviously, I moved and things like that. And he moved. um, But then recently you moved back to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Right. And then. You start going to a church here in Atlanta, and then I happen to my husband and I happen to be friends with your pastor and his wife. Yes, and they brought you up to me because they're like Blair. We ha- we know someone that would be so awesome for your podcast, and I'm like, cool. And you guys, I don't even know anything about what he does, but from the just description of what his pastor told me, I was like, yeah, he's got to be on the podcast. That's crazy. (laughs) And then um, long story really short is he was like, actually, I think you might know him. I'm like, there's no way I know this guy. Yeah. (laughs) And it was you. And I was so shocked. So it was really cool. I'm glad, glad we got to connect like this. Yeah. It was was super weird. I was just like, I can't believe like I haven't spoken to her in like over and over a decade. Yeah. Decade. And super random. So I'm just really grateful that you even agreed to come on and share with me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I love sharing what I about what I do. (laughs) Perfect. So with without more more prompting, you know, Jonathan, like tell me what is it that you do (laughs) okay so the title or like the i guess unofficial title is called a grocer and a a grocer how do you spell that grocer like g-r-o-s-s-e-r okay grocer grocer. yeah a grocer and my official title would be a a histotechnician okay so basically we deal with histology which is the study of cells like a like a closer view of cells like histology like cytology is any study of cells in general and my job as a grocer is to take whatever specimens that we get so our my lab which i don't think i'm allowed to say so i'll just keep yeah i'll just say yeah the lab (laughs) that i work for uh we specialize in podiatry oh like so feet yeah so feet yeah so we'll get skin samples in from anywhere from like the leg down. We'll get skin samples, we'll get nail samples, and obviously we get amputations. So we'll get toes, we'll get feet, sometimes we'll get full legs, just from like waist down, just legs. And my job is to sort of, uh, I guess like it's my job to kind of estimate or like, guess or use the best like intuitively my knowledge to kind of figure out where on that amputation or skin sample or or nail where I think the most um, amount of bacterial culture is or fungal is or um, most of the amputations we get are from diabetics Mm. so you know that'll be infected from some sort of cellulitis which is any sort of infection of the skin Okay. And I will cut that up and then submit it for PCR or histoanalysis. Uh-huh. And PCR stands for polymerase chain reaction, which is like a DNA study okay. of whatever it is that the patient got infected with. We take that, we analyze it, and we send that information off to the doctors to whoever, whichever doctor sent us the skin sample or mm-hmm. any sort of specimen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's all. That's what I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, so many questions. But like, first of all, like, um, the skin samples that you get, like, yeah. they are like what diseased samples or? Well, yes, yes, and no. I mean, a lot of times doctors they'll take samples of skin and nail or um, amputations. Obviously, are one hundred percent infected with something. Okay. The doctors just don't know what it is, and they're just trying to find out what it is. I see. 
for skin samples, dermatologists will send, you know, shavings of skin or punches, which are these small cylindrical cuts of like skin that they will literally punch. Like they'll take, um, (laughs) yeah, they'll, they'll take an instrument and they'll literally take a punch of skin out and there'll be small cylindrical pieces anywhere from like, like okay like, and it's not it doesn't really matter but i'm just curious like when right. you say cylindrical like i picture like this like like almost like a straw like a tube type of yeah that's exactly what okay, it is okay yeah it's a punch yeah it's a punch of skin and that could be anywhere from depending on how deep the doctor goes into the skin that could be anywhere from one to five centimeters centimeters oh my gosh okay if it's five <laughs> centimeters like it, the doctor will you know probably have He's probably guessing that something severe is going on. I see. So uh, that could be for skin. That could be for um, ENFD, which is like uh, ENFD is more dealing with the nervous system. Okay. And so, yeah, doctors will take punches out of patients' skins and send it to us. But sometimes, you know, like the doctor will examine the patient's skin and say, like, I think you have dermatitis. So they'll take, you know, shavings of skin off, you know, just like the flaky or like whatever is flaking off the the patient's skin, whether Uh it be scalp or arm, leg, wherever it is. And they'll send it to us and we analyze and we confirm that it is indeed dermatitis. If we find any other, I don't know. um, Normalities. uh, Yeah. Any abnormalities or underlying conditions that they don't know about, you know, they might have, you know, possibly melanoma, which is like cancerous, okay. obviously. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there could be a lot of things. Okay. Um, so, like, you, like, take it and analyze it yourself, or are you sending it to somewhere else as well? No. So, the I personally don't do any of the analysis. Okay. Um we have something called uh, SOPs, which are basically these massive documents that the doctors and our lab directors will kind of write out. Okay. And we will read through them. And that is sort of our guidance into identifying or kind of seeing or visualizing where we think, you know, you know, whatever that we're looking for is most abundant in which area in like a specific area of that specimen. Why is that important? So like, for example, like if we got, you know, a bag of toenails, right? Uh-huh, gross, so gross. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really nasty. Yeah, it's just dealing with feet in general. It's right, nasty, right. But let's say we get a bag of toenails and uh, it's got like yellow nail syndrome, right? Okay. So, I mean, yellow nails, I mean, naturally, you don't just get yellow nails, right? Sure. So, you know, that could be a fungal infection or some bacterial infection of the nails, which are, which is causing, you know, uh, some other sort of infection or skin condition. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, if, you, if your nail gets infected, I can move on to your skin, right? Underneath right. the toenail. So doctors will cut those off and then we'll look at the nails and say, uh, it's like, okay, for, for example, like our PCR tests, they, we test two different things, like PCR analysis, which is the DNA portion of it. And then the histo part, which we do special stains. Um, and when you do those special stains, you can identify certain strains of uh, bacteria or certain strains of, of fungi, things like this. So my job is to look at that nail and say, it's like, okay, where do I think or where do I know the most of the, like, I guess, bacterial colony is or fungal colony is. Okay. And that's usually found in the distal toe nail which is like the very tip of the toenail which is kind of strange that it doesn't penetrate any deeper than that but yeah I'll I have to look and analyze and kind of cut and then submit for you know the rest of the process in the lab I see okay so you're kind of the beginning stages of this analysis that's happening then yes I'm I'm the very beginning and my my position is sort of the most crucial because if I mess up what I do Mm mm-hmm then along as the nail or specimen gets, you know, goes down the line, their, their part gets messed up. I see. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like this chain yeah. reaction. Of the, yeah. So, so my, my, my position is sort of the most important because we're the earliest. So if we mess up, then the embedders mess up and then the cutters mess up and then the stainers mess up. And then the doctors can kind of can't tell what, what's going like what's happening in the tissue. 
Well, it's That's crazy. Okay, yeah. so like, what does a typical day look like for you then? Like, if you were to go in the lab, like, what? Yeah, how do you start? And or does it differ every day? No, it's uh pretty much. It, that, that's the one thing. It's a uh, it's a very repetitive, mundane job. I would okay. say, um, and only because I work in a private lab. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was in a hospital, that could differ on a day to day basis. But um, so I'll I'll get there around eight a.m. Uh, I'll set up my station. Uh, that's like filling up my. I guess my container is full of RNAs and alcohol. RNAs is just like a substance that kind of washes away that any DNA or R, like RNA substance from one specimen to the other. So, you know, it doesn't cross contaminate. What does R stand for in RNA? Uh, I think that's, I, I should know this. It's, <laughs> I was a biology. I get, no, so I how is it different than DNA? Too. It doesn't really matter. I'm just curious. RNAs and DNAs, <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, it's like one is deoxyribose and the other one is ribose. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I kind of so know that. It, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just, it's, it's like that. And then um, alcohol to kind of kill off anything else that would kind of, you know, you know cross, cross over into the next specimen. Because okay. we, we have a mallet and we have a scalpel that we have to cut things and like cut into things. So Okay, so like, like, you know, when you get limbs and stuff. Yeah. Like, so you're cutting open these limbs? Yeah, like, well, so <laughs> most of, so most of these uh, amputations, like, for example, the most common we get are, like, toes. Okay. From, uh, from uh, diabetics. Uh, so, I don't know, like, what that means, really. Like, do a lot of, is it, why do limbs die off when you're diabetic? So diabetics, I mean... It's their whole thing with like, so it's basically their immune system destroying their, their, their insulin, right? Right. Okay. That I know. So that, so that, you know, and then that causes complications in just like multiple different parts of the body. I see. See like that. I mean, that autoimmune, autoimmune disease can, you know, cause, I don't know, like an infection. If, if, if you get hurt from something if you get a cut or something right and you're a diabetic uh your immune system might not be responding properly to that okay you know, to be okay. fighting off whatever you get infected with uh-huh. um and uh i don't know like this like super fine details of it because okay. yeah but <laughs> um yeah it just it just causes a lot of complications right like, like a couple of days ago we had it's actually really sad you know uh this this is the one kind of sort of sad part of my job is like, mm. you get to look at like the patient's information, right. And mm. you get to see like the age of the patients. And we had a, we had one, we had one patient that was 23 years old, type two oh. diabetic. And I think like seven of her toes had to get amputated. It's so oh young. So it's, it causes a lot of, you know, complications and things like that. So, okay. So, I mean, I understand that, you know, the to- they have to get amputated because of the disease itself. But then right. why does it come to your lab? Like what more information are they trying to find out? Right. Because uh, like, as I mentioned, you know, doctors can't do that histology portion. I see. They okay. have a lab inside of their practice or their hospital. But because we are a private lab our, and our, our motto is like, a 24 hour turnaround time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're very fast paced and, um, we're basically trying to provide the doctor with any more, like more information that he knows. Mm. Cause if, the, cause if there is like, right, let's say this patient did have a, you know, an infection in their, in their toe. Right. Mm-hmm. And they amputate it. Cause you know, otherwise it's life threatening. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool. We amputated it, but is there anything else that we can learn from, from the infection? I is see. there, is there anything else that's, you know, caught, maybe is there another infection that's going on? You know, mm-hmm. is there anything else if there's a nervous system problem or is there like something going on with it, you know, just like in our body that we, we, we just wouldn't know just I from see, the amputation. I see. Yeah. So we have to go in there and kind of dig deeper. I see. Okay, so you were saying you start your day around eight, and then you set yeah. up your station, and yeah. then what kind of happens? And then uh, we just, um, yeah, we did 
they just get started. Uh, <laughs> we have we have a uh, we have a sessioners, which are people who kind of do all the data data entry for okay. the patients. Um, and we get our shipments from UPS and FedEx. Like oh. they have their own biohazard uh, department, and they'll deliver those bags. And yeah, usually most of the amputations or skin samples. Things like that; those are usually transported in a or like sent to us through a transport uh, mediums. Okay. Like for example, like formalin. Formalin is a type of chemical that kind of fixes or uh, it prevents the tissue from uh, kind of deteriorating anymore. Okay. Right, because I mean, th- these are th- this is these are dead. This is dead tissue, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have no blood supply, nothing. So they're if you don't fix it, they rot. Mm. And we've had some boneheaded doctors that have sent us like toes and just like Ziploc bags, just rotting in the bag. So by the time it gets here, it's just like black and blue. It's rotting. You open it. It stinks. It smells super bad. Like That is so insane yeah. to me. Like yeah. literally, I tell everyone the same thing. Like a lot of the people that come on the podcast, like they're jobs that I like don't think about. But really, Jonathan, this one, this one, I yeah. really don't think about. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a, hey, this is this is sort of why I enjoy what I do because it's a good conversation starter. Like, no, and you know, people. just yeah. from hearing about it though, just in the from the front end, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think about it, but there this seems like an extremely important job to somebody that you know i mean potentially you're saving somebody's life if you're doing your job correctly yeah Yeah, exactly and that's um i mean like i said this is a private lab so we're very we have a very specific niche in what we do Mm -hmm. but you know i've gone to hospitals and you should see like the grossing rooms are there you know there are like brains and jars there are you know van deframs there are like testicles there are breasts there are legs there are hearts like i mean i mean they have they do the whole spectrum wow yeah wow. and okay. it literally looks like like a murder scene you walk in there and you know the grosses are just cutting up things and they get saws and stuff like yeah a lot more intense than what i do that's insane okay so no, i mean now we have to ask like how in the world did you decide that this is what you were going to do? Like be a grocer or like, how did you even end up in this job? Yeah. So, I mean, this is the, this is the real interesting uh, part. Um, So I graduated college with the intention of going to medical school. Okay. Okay, But can I back you up just a little bit? Like even when you went from high school to college, did you know you were going to be in the medical field? Uh, I mean, initially, that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah, initially, yeah, initially, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, so I graduate uh, 2016. And uh, I'm supposed to go to medical school. And then the summer before I was supposed to go, I was like, I, I had one of those like moments, I was sitting at the uh, like a park bench, literally just feeding the ducks, just whatever. I mean, and then like, the sun was setting on me and I just like, I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I'm, I, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't go to medical school because medical medicine is something I feel like you have to have a really strong passion and love for. Mm. And it just wasn't there. I was like, I'm not going to put myself through what another six years at least, mm-hmm. especially because I want to specialize in cardiology. I was like, no, I, I can't do that. So I was like, oh, crap. Well, I just spent the last four years studying to do something, and now I don't want to do it. Mm. It's like, what should I do? So I started working a bunch of odd jobs. I was working, like, a bunch of restaurant jobs. Like, yeah, I was working, like, two or three jobs at a time, just trying to figure out, like, trying to, like, because from every successful person I've ever read about, they always said, always take every opportunity that comes your way. Mm. right so it was like you know restaurant jobs I tried a sales job um all these things and then uh I was like man I gotta do something with my degree I was like I was working like a like a like a server job right Mm -hmm. and I was like man I was like I have no path right now so 
but little backstory to, to all of this is like, so I've always been a big like uh, nature fan. Okay. So when I was six years old, I remember reading a National Geographic book about a place called Patagonia. Okay. In South America. Uh-huh. So fast forward till now, I remember one, I mean, it was a uh, Valentine's, Valentine's of 2017. A bunch of my friends and I were single. So we got together and we went to like Taco Mac and we were just like eating wings and stuff. And then my one friend Ryan goes like, hey, like, what do you think about teaching English in like in South America? And I was like, I was like, okay, like where in South America? And he's like, Argentina. Mm. So I said, Argentina. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's where Patagonia is. So I like started, I went home and Googled that night and I was like, Patagonia. So I was like, oh dude, like, yeah, like let's do this. So the three of us applied and we all got into this program to go teach English and live with the host family and all this other stuff in, in Argentina. So I moved to Argentina for like a, like a year and a half. Oh my gosh, I did not know this. Yeah, so <laughs> I moved there and I was teaching English and traveling South America. And the months before I even left for Argentina, uh, I fell in love with uh, landscape photography. Wow. So, yeah. so I, there's this guy, he's a Russian landscape photographer. His name is uh, Daniel Cordon. Cordon. Okay. And I started following him and I was like, I need to buy a camera and I need to go photograph Patagonia. So I go down there and I'm traveling, I'm teaching English and I'm hiking all throughout Patagonia. I'm like going to different countries while I'm there. And it's like, it's like most eye-opening experience I've, I've ever like done. That is insane. Yeah. What an opportunity I feel like. Right. And that was, that, that was the thing. It was like, I think that me deciding to do that was one of the biggest life changing moments in my life because so many kids you know come out of college thinking that they're they have to do something right and they don't ever take time to kind of find themselves and they always think that life is like success is only one route Mm. but in reality it's like endless Mm. you know those different journeys and those different routes are like endless there's so many ways to to find success right Mm -hmm. so I do that and I've made lifelong friendships Mm. I mean I've met people on trails just hiking Patagonia that I'm friends with people in Germany now I'm friends with people in South Africa I'm friends with people all over Europe um like literally everywhere Mm. just just from that so yeah and then so after that year and a half was up I come back to the states and I'm like well I don't want to do food service anymore so I was like guess I gotta find a job with my degree and then I applied to this lab and then I got in and I've been working there since 2018 so like that's insane yeah so I just been doing that since 2018 and then now I'm working my way up to be a supervisor in my lab so oh my gosh okay so okay going back to your kind of um year of transition and just kind of figuring things out and Mm -hmm. and like I feel like even your self-awareness right and um I am curious like Mm -hmm. uh were your parents for it or were they like kind of questioning like what is happening or because you know I feel like people young people listening you know, that right. would kind of be one of the first things that comes to mind. It's like, oh, like, your parents just let you do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, especially after studying biology and being like, hey, right. I thought I was going to go to med school, but I decided not to. Yeah, actually, my parents were uh, surprisingly very, uh, very supportive. Wow. And that, 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 that was the kind of shocking thing. Obviously, being like an Asian American, you know, it's, Asian American parents usually want their kids to go like two of three routes, right? Mm. It's either like lawyer, doctor, or like engineer or something, something that just like pays well, right? So, and I know so many friends now that absolutely hate their jobs. Like, I, I mean, it's not even a few, it's like 90% of the people that I know that are like, that went into business or, you know, that went to law school or they, 
went to dental school or medical school mm-hmm. it's like they hate it but they did it for because it pays well right right and like i know that some of them really do have a passion for it right which is like i'm so happy for them but i didn't want to end up becoming someone that hated doing what i did just for the money no i feel you and i feel like it's such a gift and blessing when your parents especially when they come from you know an asian heritage and culture to be like hey you know we want you to be happy it's not about the money Mm -hmm. um that's awesome because like even me i feel like i after college like my parents are really americanized but like I think I put it on myself. I felt I felt like, oh my gosh, I just spent four years studying this thing and I don't want to do it anymore. What am I going to tell my mom? You know, like, like, and, you know, but surprisingly, my parents too, they were like, we just want you to love what you do. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, I'm not saying what I do is like a dream, like a dream job. Sure. It, it does get boring, and this isn't the this isn't what I plan to do, mm. you know, in the next five ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so interesting how I got here, and I don't I don't hate my job. Like that's the thing. Like I've met I've met like some really amazing people doing this job. Um. But if I did have any advice for anyone in their like, you know, just coming out of college or even graduating from high school, like I would seriously sit them, like sit them down and tell them like, don't follow what everyone else is doing just because you feel like you have to. Yeah, it's good advice. Like that, that, that is good advice and it seems so simple and like logical, but so many people like, 99.9% of all the people will go that route mm. just because they feel like they have to like because mm-hmm. so many kids feel like they feel inadequate if they don't go to college and get a degree yeah but in all reality like everything you learn in college you can learn on youtube now <laughs> no i mean yeah, I just like, had this conversation like, with somebody else and it's so true <laughs> like youtube and like books i mean during during 2020 during the covid lockdown like i i i like i started reading things that i wanted to learn about mm. rather than learning about things or like studying and learn studying things that i was that i i had to study yeah and books just became so much more enjoyable yeah yeah for sure like right now i'm reading a 750 page book on basic economics are you enjoying that? Like for fun. Like I, I enjoy it. Like I will, like on a Saturday, I'll, I'll go to a brewery and like have a couple of beers and just read this book. Wow. So f- that sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I mean. Like in- actually it was, okay. Not the economics part for me, but just like mm-hmm. learning something that you don't, no one's forcing you to do because you want to that sounds fun you know and, and that's that, that's what a lot of young kids or people nowadays they don't take the time to 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 go through that process to mm-hmm. learn what they really enjoy and i'm not talking about just like in a sense of like like a hedonistic lifestyle right i'm not talking about just going out enjoying like like partying or something sure. right i'm talking about finding enjoying something that you find true interest in mm. and like passion is something that you want to learn about yeah a lot of kids don't do that yeah. like right now like i would say my main passion is is like photography like i love photography but and i want to turn it into something like a business like down the line and right now i'm kind of in the process of formulating like what that process is going to look like and what's going to take to get there yeah but a lot of kids like you ask them like I mean a lot of my friends I ask them like what they wanted what they really wanted to do and it's like oh man I wanted to be like an artist I wanted to be a musician but you know those routes are you know not as secure as like you know working at a bank Mm -hmm. right you know something like that so yeah there is anyone that's like just graduating high school or like just coming out of college like please take some time to to find yourself like go out and 
go explore. I mean, go, go travel. I mean, traveling was one of the best things I could have done for myself, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, you just, you learn a lot about yourself, traveling by yourself too, really. No, yeah, so. I think that's really good. I mean, I feel like uh, I had this conversation with somebody else, but, um, you know, for so long, you think you know who you are. But then, you know, I went to school out of state and I was living mm. by myself. And I feel like it wasn't until then that you start to realize, oh, this is this is actually, you know what, I don't like this. And these are the things yeah, I do yeah. like. And you don't even realize it because you, so like, you know, you're over, your parents are with, like, telling you what to do or your friends are telling you what to do and I just feel like what you said just now is such great advice because yeah until you like experience something on your own on your own volition it's not like you have the clarity sometimes to even be self-aware of who you are right and who like I mean who God intended you to be too and so even finding a career or a job it's like you know it's like people ask you to find something you want to do right out out of high school and you're like how am I supposed to know what I want to do <laughs> you yeah, don't even know no, yourself I, I feel like that's the issue with um our education system is we yes. don't allow exploration oh man you're about like, to get what? me on my soapbox Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> Like, cause like, what if a kid is, you know, a genius, you know, what if he just has this natural affinity towards like fashion or something, mm-hmm. right? And he can, you know, he can be the next, I don't know, next Tom Ford. He can mm-hmm. be the next Louis Vuitton. He can be the next Gucci or something, right? And he has his passion for it. But then school tells you, you have to learn these six subjects. Yes, yes. That's it. And then you have to learn for the SATs and then after you're done with that you have to go to college and then when you go to college you have to pick a major and then once you pick a major you have to go out to the real world and just find a job and work that until you retire and then you die right <laughs> like yeah you can go take like you know, two or three vacations you know, like maybe like two weeks of vacation a year and then once you're 60 like that's it right. like i i think that's i think that's such a issue but but then you look at the people who did, like the, I guess, sort of mavericks who did and said, like, no, I don't want to go to the traditional route. Mm. And they end up being so, so successful. Mm-hmm. But then in hindsight, like they were always meant to be successful, mm. you know, because like they were the ones that had the courage to say, like, no to the mm-hmm. traditional route. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the scariest part. And that's that's for me, too. Like that, that still like is like I, I still have a lot of fear like what am I or like who am I going to be five years from now yeah yeah rather than like setting a vision for myself and like praying and trusting and trusting it to God and saying all right let's make this happen right yeah so you know you know like luck and uh fortune favors the, cur- the courageous in my opinion the brave you know yeah. So, I mean, if there's anything I've learned from doing this podcast and hearing people's stories and their lives is uh, truly you can make a plan. And most of the time, um, it doesn't go according to plan. And oh, never. That is completely okay. And yeah, that is. It is. It really is. Yeah. 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 I mean, literally more than half of my um, guests you know, that's their story. And I love it. I love it because I'm such a planner myself. And I'm like, yes, like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay if it doesn't go according to plan. And just hearing your story, you know, just like you were brave enough to, I mean, I think it's brave that you decided to go to Argentina and, you know, do something you wouldn't ordinarily do, but you felt challenged in that moment to do it. And it changed your life and yeah, yeah i mean because so. before i i left for argentina i struggled really 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 badly with anxiety and like panic attacks mm. and for some reason the moment i stepped foot onto argentinian soil it was like like so much of that sort of washed away interesting because it was like because it was my first time out of the country too wow so 
it's like while you're doing this by yourself with like a couple friends that you know like that i mean you, you might think like oh moving to a state might be like a like a big change but then you move to a country that you've never been to you don't speak the language you don't know anyone there except for like one or two friends that you went with yeah and even when we got there we were all separated because we had we were sent to different parts of the country right right right, right? so you know there you know yeah and it was like learning new culture and eating new food and learning a new language and then from there traveling to other south american countries and so yeah it like helped me out a lot you know having that sort of courage to kind of step out into the unknown and into the more uncomfortable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like I, I always read like it's always good to you know um get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah and that's what I learned there yeah and it helped me out a lot in life a lot yeah that's really good I love that yeah be comfortable with the uncomfortable yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay so i have to ask like yes. when you came back and you started to look for jobs again um i mean i i'm assuming that's out of just kind of like necessity right like for like to live yeah yeah when i got back i was like okay <laughs> yeah, just like i mean i i mean trust me i i could have gone back to to food service because uh -huh. like food service if you work for the right restaurant you can uh -huh. make a ton of money that's what i hear you can make a ton of money like yeah. i was some of the restaurants i was working at i would i would make like in a five-hour shift three four hundred dollars in cash dang and just walk out <laughs> like and that's not that's not bad but i was like it's like it, it's tiring right right physically tiring yeah. and like emotionally when you have to deal with all these difficult people all day long it's, yes trust yeah, me, it's I really really it. annoying so yeah, <laughs> yeah out, of, out of necessity so I was like, yeah, let me just, so I just shotgunned my application out to like 20 places. Uh -huh. And this is the one place I heard back from, uh -huh. I interviewed and then I got in. And then from there, it was just like, cool. Okay. So in order to be a grocer, like you don't really need previous experience then like, or your biology, um, like study an undergrad like helped you get in the door or yeah you don't necessarily need um yeah you don't need experience so actually my my story is kind of difficult like on top of whatever happened is like you don't need a degree to be a grocer to work in this field okay so like to become a histotechnician okay or a histotechnologist uh, you can get an associate's degree. All you need is like 30, I think like 30 hours of science classes. Okay. That's all that's required. Mm -hmm. You just need to sort of, sort of prove that you're like competent, mm -hmm. which doesn't make any sense to me because like I know some book genius people that are useless in their occupation. Because <laughs> like study, like book study and work, uh, they don't translate. I one see. to one right yeah. yeah yeah so i mean just because you're a book genius doesn't necessarily mean you'll be efficient in your field yeah i, I, I you. like i wasn't the smartest guy either mm -hmm. like i had a very average gpa it wasn't anything extraordinary but you know i started off at the in this lab as like a lab assistant mm -hmm. just doing like like servant work basically like yeah. throwing away people's trash and like you know cleaning up the the cassette printers um throwing away slides things like that but as soon as the position opened up I like went up and I like kind of self-advocated for myself and I was like listen I want this position mm. and they like kind of they liked that they liked that I was very straightforward and I was confident enough to say that so I started off there and then I just worked my way up, just worked hard and worked my way up into the field. And then now I'm being considered to be a supervisor in my lab. So, yeah. That's awesome. That. Okay, <laughs> so I know you said that you don't picture yourself doing this forever. Right. But, you know, I, I would like to assume, because from the way you talk about it, it seems like you, you do like it to an extent. I do, yeah. It's, uh, I mean... I don't know if maybe it's my personality, but I find a lot of things interesting, right? Okay. Like I, I enjoy a, a really like a plethora of things. Uh-huh. Photography, uh, music. I mean, I played saxophone for eight years. So, oh, so like, interesting. Yeah, like 
classical music, you know, like sports I really enjoy, you know, I play a lot of sports, um, medicine, biology, chemistry, like if you if you if you take the time to learn to enjoy it on your own, mm. you can like a lot of things. Yeah. And you naturally have an inclination to kind of want to learn these things. Mm. So yeah, to an extent, yeah, I do I do enjoy it. I mean, it is it is cool to see, you know, body parts that, you know, kind of on their separated from the body. <laughs> So yes. I know that sounds a little like <laughs> those your path like kind of like okay. stereotypical. I believe you. <laughs> but like you 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 like cut open a toe and you get to see the layers of, of the body. I mean, yeah, like, I in this um, weird way I find that extremely interesting too. I'm like, okay, yeah. like that's cool. But <laughs> yes, look at the bone and then you get to look at the tendons that are attached to it, and then you get to look at the nail and where that is is inserted into the toe or like the feet and the leg, you know, all these things when you like cut open, you look inside, it's like so much more complex than what we take for granted, what we get to walk on every every day, right? So yeah, to an extent I do, I do enjoy it. And uh, the idea of me doing my job well and having the possibility or like the, the ability to improve someone else's life is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good feeling, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely purposeful from what I hear. And I think it's super cool. Like, um, what do you like least about your job currently? Uh, So because I work in a private lab, Uh we we don't do a lot of rotations. You know, in hospitals, you know, you'll be assigned a different task maybe every other day. Okay, I see. So one day you could be a grocer, the next day you could be an embedder, the next day you could be a stainer. So they make you rotate. But here, because we are, everything is very fast paced, Mm -hmm. we don't have the time to necessarily cross train every single position. I see. Because if you do that, you slow down the process of the entire lab and that guaranteed 24-hour turnaround time that we do have for our clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be one of the main things that I sort of don't enjoy because uh, I get pretty bored easily. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm, so I guess that's just my personality. I can see that. I can yeah. see that. It's my personality, so I like to do a lot of different things all the time. Um, but apart from that, like, I don't have too many complaints. Hmm. Like, a lot of people in the lab complain, but it's like, your job is so simple, and you get <laughs> paid pretty well for it. Like, my, like, sure, like, you know, there are some complexities to what I do. No, I feel like, like there definitely would be, but. Yeah, okay. there are some complexities, and there is, like, a level of knowledge that you do need to have mm-hmm. once you start learning a job but i could pull a 17 year old out of high school and teach him how to do this and he could mm. do it it's not a difficult job and we get paid pretty well oh that's good to know yeah i mean you get paid pretty i mean it's like there's really nothing to complain about oh except Maybe, the fact that you're dealing with amputated limbs but okay <laughs> right yeah like that's really like not that bad and it's the only thing maybe i could complain about is like like management wise uh-huh i feel like sometimes our management is incompetent mm. so we have a lot of issues of being short-staffed i see so in turn that makes everyone else a little more stressed because we sure. have to do our work a little more fast even more fast paced mm. Or we're staying, you know, two, three hours for overtime. That Things like that. Cool. But but apart from that, like, yeah, I don't really have that many complaints. I'm sort of very thankful for what I have right now. Nice. Well, okay, so you're saying, though, but because you're a private lab, it's sort of more like that. But so these histotechnicians, they also exist at hospitals, you're saying? Yes, hospitals okay. have their own labs as well. I see. And, and so, like... Uh-huh. Yeah, the, the main the, the main reason people do opt to work at private labs is private labs pay
pay better. Oh, okay. Well, that's also good are, to know. Yeah, there are a lot more investors that kind of get involved. And I guess the profit, the, the private labs are a lot more so they can pay the employees a bit mm. more. But hospitals, their um, benefits are amazing. Oh. So their health insurance is really, really good. Man, it's, oh, I feel like I'm getting insider information right now. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there are a lot of things that go into this. So like, yeah, hospitals, you know, they give you really, really good benefits and they'll give you better, like, pay time off and these types of things. Private labs is like, all right, we're paying you more. You kind of get the short end of the stick for, like, everything else, though. Okay, got so, it. Got yeah. It. Nice. Well, okay. I mean, usually I... Um, like kind of come to the end of an interview and I ask people, you know, if they have any advice for somebody that maybe is listening to this and like, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I want to do that or any just life advice at all. I feel like you gave a lot of good advice already, but um, do you have any advice for somebody that's maybe thinking about going into, um, yeah, like histo being a histotechnician is that what it's called histotechnician yeah yeah histotech yeah yeah um i would say doing this field is like try to get as try to get certified as soon as possible because there is a certification test that you can take okay and that just sort of I don't know, within the ASCP, which is like the, the National like Science Association uh, um, organization, uh, once you get certified, you can do a lot more things. Your pay goes up. Um, you're eligible to be a travel tech too, which pays ridiculous amounts of money. Oh. Um, like travel techs, like I get emails and calls from travel, uh, you know, like uh, agencies all the time. Okay. They'll offer you like $2,500 a week, you know, in certain places, wow. for like three or four months assignments. And there are a lot of perks um, to it. So I would say like, once you get in the field, study and take that certification test as soon as possible. Mm. Yeah. If you want to get into this type of field. That's good to know. Do you have your certification? Yeah, so I didn't even know about it until like two years into my, like into like doing what I did. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then and then my one of my managers approached me. He was like, "Hey, do you want to get certified?" I was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> There's this test you can take, and you get certified, and we raise your grade, you, we uh, raise your pay. And I was like, "I want to started studying for that a long time ago." So right. I studied really hard for that, and then I passed on the first go. So nice. yeah, I'm certified. So is it like a challenging certification or? Oh man, the test is, the test is hard. Oh. The test is actually really hard. Okay. It's it's all on the computer Mm -hmm. and the images that they provide are like, like it was as if it was, those pictures were taken with a potato. (laughs) Like literally like you can't tell what pixel is what. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So you really have to, you really have to study hard to kind of memorize and like and just know intuitively like all right what am i dealing with okay but like they'll put a like for example like they'll put a picture of a like a there's a stain called a guy uh geisma stain okay and that stains for a certain strain of uh fungi okay now in the book it's very clear you can tell what's what you can tell what is being stained like pink is being stained like the dna is being stained as pink the fungi is being stained as like blue and whatever, right? Okay. On the test, you don't know what is what. <laughs> like you legitimately do not, like cannot tell what okay. is what. So you really have to know your stuff. You can't yeah, just you, like breeze yeah. through this certification. No, you thing. can't. You can't just, no, you can't. You can't dilly dally into it. You like, you actually have to take a okay. solid like three months of studying. Okay, that's good to know. It's good yeah. to know even for the profession. I feel like, you know, it's nice to know that there are credible people, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong with people. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. So it's not an easy test. I yeah. Um, well, Jonathan, is there anything else that you wanted to like share or talk about that I didn't ask you about today? Um, 
Yeah, I can't emphasize enough for any of like the younger age people to like before you go to college or something or once you come out of college before you start work save up money and go travel mm. like seriously like you have to like you can be inspired in so many different ways uh through travel and seeing different cultures and the way people live like it can really inspire you so that's my last like thing point of emphasis like I just really like you you guys need to go travel yeah no it's great and I think um I know I think it's really good advice because I think we get too busy doing other things or think we're supposed to be doing something Mm -hmm. um instead of maybe really taking time to figure out what we really want you know um that's good. Well, thank you yeah. again so much, Jonathan. I really thank you appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. It was awesome. Yeah. I just really loved even catching up after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hey, guys, if you have any questions about anything, um, maybe you're like, man, this profession sounds really interesting. I'm sure Jonathan would be happy to connect with you. Am yeah, I wrong in saying for that? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even I bet even if you just want to chat, because I feel like Jonathan would be a really interesting guy to get to know. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> I am very interesting. <laughs> um, I'm sure he'd be happy to share more of his travels with you and just what knowledge he gained from his um, all his traveling. Right. And insight. Yeah. Um, so would you be open to that? Like people, young people oh, yeah. like, reaching I mean, out? Yeah. I, I I'm I'm super extrovert, so I love getting to know everyone. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so guys, please please feel free to DM me um in, through social media, and I'll get you guys connected. Or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks, guys, and thanks again, Jonathan. Thank you.